Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Here we go. What's going on, everybody? We are live with Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 188, live from Underground Studios. Kyle Bennett, Matt Castorina, and making his return to the live show, Mr. Dylan Mazzola. As always, show brought to you by Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Make sure you guys check out our friends at Ducharms on Black Friday. They are open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Tons and tons of Black Friday promos going on over there, so make sure you go check them out. What's going on, guys? Living the dream, you know? Yeah, I think I'm also living the dream. Uh, well, Jake Elliott's also living the dream because right before we started uh, the show, he signed a five-year contract Whoa. extension with the Eagles worth $21.8 million, $10.45 million guaranteed. He's now, I believe, the third highest uh, paid kicker in average per year and in total guaranteed money, according to Ian Rappaport. Jake's going to be here for the long haul. Yeah, that's what we say now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's cool. I don't really hate him, so... I, I feel like kickers are uh, replaceable. Very replaceable, to be honest. I, I mean, Jake Elliott's like he has made some clutch kicks. He's probably he's probably in the top ten of kickers, but I feel like there's probably like four or five established guys, and everyone else is just kind of pretty nebulous. Finding their way. Yeah, like you know. Yeah, I mean, it's good for him to get paid, but Matt's right. There's really only like a name or two that come to mind. Like honestly, if I were to take a kicker and want want them for that kind of duration and be comfortable, it would be Justin Tucker or Will, or Will Lutz. Outside of that, I think like Greg Zerline probably and mm-hmm. Matt Bryant like five years ago I, I would have I mean, taken. He's know. fallen off now. Vinatieri as well. Vinatieri, wow. yeah. yeah. But he, again, that's you know four or five names. Good for him, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I would rather have a guy who can boot you know the way Jake Elliott does. And sure, he misses his his few kicks here and there, but this year arguably his best season so far. Yeah, he hasn't really uh, shanked too many extra points this year. And I think they're going to lock up the rest of the special teams. They already did Rick Lovato, which I think was huge. Kind of that seamless transition from John Dorenbos to now Lovato. You get Jake Elliott done, and I think Cam Johnson's going to be done. He made me look like an absolute jackass. Uh, once Donnie Jones is gone, I, I was like, who is this guy? Not a big fan. He's one of the best punters in, in the game, and I think he's going to be next. Um, but, I mean, at least we're, we're locking up you know guys that we know are going to be part of this team. Well, it's one less thing, like, going next year. We have to sit here and say, who's going to punt for us? Who's going to kick? You know, it's it, it's one less piece. So, with that, I'm okay with it. I uh, I think as far as uh, this is, like, a fan morale-boosting tweet that you put out, and I don't think anyone's, like, loose. They're like, oh, my God, thank God, Jake Elliott's going to be here next year. Like, I feel like you could draw a fan out of the crowd and 
like have them take extra points and it'd be yeah you'd probably yeah. be okay i don't know i'm just saying it's one less thing to yeah. have to slightly wor- not worry about you know what i mean i'm trying to say it's it's whatever it's if, cool thank god we did our due diligence on our kicker <laughs> <laughs> ego's really ahead of the curve on that one wait till all these analytic nerds get a, a load of this we will uh dive into eagles and matt's dolphins in just a little bit um but Yikes. let's recap the uh, the Sixers since the last time we had a show. Obviously, the Mike Scott Hive tailgate went down. It was an absolute blast. There was arguably over 300 people at the tailgate from just the looks of it. I heard it was the most attended tailgate uh, of any con- of any of its kind in Philadelphia sports Had history. Actually, it was absurd. That's that's what my people are telling me. It was huge, the, uh, massive, the, big. The Sixers came colossal, out. the biggest yeah. ever. <laughs> There's pictures. The biggest you've ever seen. The biggest. Mike Scott came no to Xfinity Live afterwards, uh, so it was cool to see Mike again and everything. But during the game, Sixers uh, knocked it down 113-86 to against the Heat and shocked a lot of people because I don't think a lot of people saw this outcome from this game. Dead wrong. I thought it was going to be a pretty close game that we would kind of uh, clamp down in the fourth. Uh, we did end up having to clamp down the fourth because we had to bring the starters back in because we choked like a 38-point lead. And I said choked. It was really just kind of uh, the game opened back up again. But, yeah, it was quite the uh, the smackdown on the uh, the Jimmy Butler heat. It was interesting because, you know, like right after that game, they kind of had to take a short nap and Jimmy Butler was back practicing at 4 in the morning. That's rough. He is out tonight as yeah. well. It's weird, man. Weird. What a... All right, so let's see. Let's 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 talk about the Jimmy Butler interview, and that he said that people on the Sixers didn't want a championship enough, and that uh, people here don't have like the right priorities or whatever. Uh, that's the same exact line that he said about every previous destination. He said similar things about the Wolves, although he's a lot more aggressive about it. Um, I think it's very funny that he says that about this team when he was saying the exact opposite last year. Not that he would come out when he's on the team and say, like, everyone here sucks or whatever, but uh, come on, man. Like, it's so lame, and it's so sad, and it's like, okay, like, you got absolutely slapped, and it's hilarious that they (laughs) recorded that interview and didn't release it, like, wait, like, five days after the fact to release it because it would have been so embarrassing to drop that right after you just got absolutely yoked in Philly again. It's just, it's sad. You hate to see it. Tough scenes from Jimmy Butler, but... uh... Have fun in Miami. Uh, the the one, Hope you get a staph infection. <laughs> the one thing we didn't talk about nice. going into this game as much was Josh Richardson, and he absolutely balled out. He uh, let the braids loose and put up 32 points on his former team, and if I'm not mistaken, he missed more from two than he did from three. Yeah, he was, uh, he was shooting the ball very well. The last few days have been the – Richardson kind of come up, which is good because he's he was back being healthy from his uh it was like a hip flexor strain, whatever it was. And we've seen him come on a lot in the past few games, which is exciting. We hadn't really seen that, but it's also very early in the season. We're finally seeing the starting five all get like valuable minutes together, get those good reps, which is nice and yeah, um I think that's the version of, of Richardson we're gonna need if this team is to be successful. I think you saw that against the Heat. I think he even saw that against the Raptors, even though that game obviously didn't go the way we want. But you know, he's he's the type of player that, that we're going to need to be hitting the shots that he did. And he's tenacious. He's Again, he, he's like a microwave. He, he definitely heats up very quick. And 
I think he, he displayed a lot of what we really valued in him this summer when uh, when we moved, essentially, Jimmy for him. And you look at the Heat and what they did in this game, really biggest contributor was Tyler Hero, and he's been dynamic all season for them, uh, a 20-point performance. But Sixers held Jimmy Butler in 30 minutes to 11 points, five rebounds, three assists. Not quite the uh, the revenge game I'm sure he was definitely hoping for. Yeah, Tyler Hero, as he... As self-proclaimed, he's a walking bucket, and you know what? You gotta respect it. But I mean, the, the, the Heat, a little bit of frauds, I think. But you know, uh, like we, we gotta get into this Raptors game because it's rough. Which game? The, the game against the Toronto Raptors. I don't think we'll ever win in Toronto again. It was we barely did it last year, and it was the first time we had won there in like forever. Um, that place is cursed. I don't ever want to go back. I hate that hallway. Uh, I think the only thing me and Trump will ever agree on is that we don't like Canada. I hate it up there. <laughs> North of the border is dead to me. <laughs> Especially Toronto. It was a rough one. Our boys, the Arkells, were in attendance. Yeah, courtside. Hurts. hurts a little bit. Um, they're cool. We can keep the Arkells. The if possible, we could do some kind of trade there, like some lend-lease <laughs> thing. I don't know, but... Really rough Kevin seat. Hayes for the Arkells. I'd give Kevin Hayes for um, give Kevin Hayes for a bag of pucks. Yeah, I'd give Kevin Hayes we'll, we'll for like a, a box of microwave stuffing. <laughs> Ooh, but uh, that's low. <laughs> the stuffing probably gets hotter. <laughs> Nothing was uh, ouch quite as cold yeah. as uh, Joel Embiid in this game, though. Uh, I'm not <laughs> overreacting. Me either. when I say that. Uh, this is the worst game I've ever seen Easy. from Joel Embiid, and I've seen Joel Embiid throwing up mid-game. So, yeah, this sucked. Um, Zero points, 13 rebounds, two assists in 32 minutes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't good. He got absolutely abused by Gasol. Um, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if... I, I don't know if they fly to Toronto. They probably do. It's a long, it's a long kind yeah. of other transportation. So I don't know if he caught, like a bug on the way there and he was like sick because i've 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 seen him play through illness and not be that bad i don't know what it was i think it was a comedy he just looked terrible just, from dude, the get-go it was absolutely awful um and it's weird because Embiid is a pretty confident player so even when he was like oh for seven i was like all right you know like he'll work his way back into this i trust him i trust him keep shooting and uh it never came around for him and I'm, yeah, I'm not going to overreact and say, like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Joel Embiid can't get it done, whatever. It's November. We're not having that discussion. But I think if I'm looking at this positive, I say we lost narrowly to a Toronto team. That's still pretty good. They're going to be a good regular season team. Still a tough matchup because Embiid didn't score a single point. Like, on any other night, that we win this game because Embiid, if he's playing at his, like, below average level, we win this game. So I'm not worried about it in that sense. I am only worried about that Embiid has struggled with Gasol in the past, and you don't want this to become a mental thing. You know, like, I know we, we all love him for it and whatever, his, like, passion in the series when he was crying after the game and all, but, like, I've seen players develop, like, a genuine, like, you can call it the yips, you can call it whatever. Mm-hmm. You, like, you can call it, like, mental confidence, and, and just go into either a stadium, a building, an arena, or against a certain player, against a certain team, and struggle. And Embiid's never been great against Gasol. 
and now this is like i just i just hope that this is not like the the next phase and like a holy shit joel and literally cannot play against the toronto raptors like i i just pray that that is not what we're like starting to see here because so i'm slightly worried about that my if biggest, i'm being honest my biggest thing is that you saw joel was struggling how does kylo quinn not get a single minute in this game i that's a great question that I don't have the answer to. I think Brett likes to ride Embiid when he's on, like, because Embiid is, like, someone that doesn't even want to be arrested for, like, load management. So, I would imagine in a game, it's a meaningful game. It's, it's a big game, this early in the season even. He doesn't want to be left out of that. He wants to go up against us all. He wants to play the best players. He wants to prove himself for sure. And I'm sure internally as well, they have talked about how they're facing this Raptors team for the first time and, like, what that means and back in that building, and I bet that he made it very clear that he doesn't want to come off under any circumstances, and I do wonder if Brett maybe pandered to that a little bit and just kind of let the leash go and said, I'm going to let him ride it out. And like we said, we trusted him to keep shooting when he's 0 for 7, 0 for 8, because we let him be, can work himself back into games and still be effective. And you know, everything we know about him with the Raptors is that when he's off the floor, we struggle. And obviously, it's a, it's a different team than last year. But, yeah, I, I do question that a little bit. If this is a playoff series, I think that's different. You know, I, I think you just kind of you make probably the harder decision, whereas the regular season, you can leave Embiid in and try and get him to, to work his issues out. So not a, not a huge deal. It's not a big loss. It's, it's one loss, but... Uh, definitely one that stings, and again, I just hope isn't like the next page in like a, a chapter of absolute pain when it comes to the Raptors. Because well, this isn't a team that's going away either, by the way. Like, we're, could very well be a first round matchup, even. Nice like, little positive. Joel scored the first two points of the game tonight. What's well, so. the king? So, <laughs> um, yeah, and I think this game, like you said, it, it stung, and I think that was because. They're, they were coming off that high of absolutely dominating the Heat where a lot of people thought it would be a close game. And then you go up against a team back in a building where you lost on a freaking quadruple doink uh, with magnetic rims, which I still think those rims are magnetic. Um, and and that's why it hurt so much because you were on this kind of winning streak high after that you know rough West Coast road trip. Uh, and then... You know, you you face one of these teams that is kind of a growing rival in a sense, and they went pound for pound and shut out your best player from scoring a single basket. And you, like you said, you look at it though, he doesn't score a single basket, and technically this game was almost like pretty much a three point game uh, because Siakam thought it was cute to go score a uh, buzzer beating dunk at the end of the game. Absolute clown move in my opinion, but. Uh, you know, Embiid scores four points in this game, you win. Yeah, and uh, that's that's the thing we can take away from this. And again, you know, everyone likes to be negative about this team. I like, I'm sick of the I we already got the Embiid doesn't care articles out, which is like makes me want to throw up. Heard my first uh, fire Brett hire Mark Jackson of the season. Whoever does that should be let out of whatever town, city, whatever they live in, right onto the edge of it. And just tied to a tree and left for several weeks. Just whatever whatever nature decides to do with them is the right punishment. That's disgusting. Mark Jackson should never have a job in the NBA no. again. 
He's terrible. You know, if you want to, if you want to be dumb and say Brett Brown should be fired, sure. You can. There's rooms for idiots in this there's world. Dumb, and then there's stupid. There's that. That is dumb. If you say that we should hire Mark Jackson, you are so dumb that you can't be a part of society, and you have to, you have to be sequestered and murdered. I'm sorry. There's no other way to look at it. Sorry, not murdered. You're tied to a tree, and whatever happens, whatever happens. happens. If, we don't make the rules. If a squirrel gnaws you out, cool. You get to live, but that's not what's gonna happen. Oh, what a numbskull. Yep. I'm bringing that word back. Numbskull. Big fan. <laughs> numbskull. Um, but one positive I'm looking at is just, you know, friend of the show. He's developed into kind of a three-point specialist now for this team. That's Mike Scott. He's been clutch with a lot of the shots he's been taking from deep range, too. And he, he just has uh, that Mike Scott, you know, confidence in him right now where if he chucks up a bucket, he knows it's going in. Yeah, I mean kept us in the game going into the half as well and was he, he's, he does that quite often too where he hits kind of these big shots to either break the other team's rhythm or keep us in it or like continue that kind of hot streak for us so yeah he's uh he's very vital I think we knew that coming into this mm-hmm. year though that he was going to be a big piece of this it's why I think the Sixers fought very hard to to have him come back because they they see the value in him and I mean, he is our most reliable three-point shooter right now. Uh, and I think even you could say for stretches of last season, even though he was only here for a quarter of it, he, he was that guy as well. So, yeah, it's um, it's good to see him, though, again, kind of continuing that. Um, you know, I, I, we've had some question marks about some of the bench guys this year. I, I Not even just because we love Mike Scott, but I don't think we've really like questioned him much. I know James Ennis has been a little wonky Up to start the year, whatever you know, like you live with it. But yeah, Mike has been great, and he's been uh, Mister Consistent, which is good. That's a you know like that's uh, what you want from a, a guy player. a guy that you're gonna play like on a max like 18, 19 minutes a night. You don't you don't need and expect the world of. You just know like when his time when his time is up when his number's called. He's making whatever shot, whatever play you need. He's cut down on the the fouls, which is nice. He's not making those like fouls and making me like throw my like TV out the window. Like, <laughs> plays, which is nice. Very very proud of that. Um, that's good to see. Plus, you know, at the the tailgate too, he made it a point to take a picture and like say hello to every single person that was at the uh, Xfinity wow. Live watch party and after party. So. Hats off to you, Mike. And he he's walked a, in. He's a man of the people. Walked in with the Balenciaga do rag on, and uh, had the Jack No Ice. Kicked off his speech with an "I ain't no bitch," and uh, that's why we love him. And I thought it was absolutely hilarious too that a uh, friend of the show, Ryan Jones, his girlfriend, said that uh, Mike Scott's the reason that they're together right now, <laughs> and she wants him to, uh, you know, ordain their marriage. And uh, he quote tweeted and said that he's gonna crash the wedding. So. He ha- he is known to crash a wedding or two as well. So man of the people, he really is. He's like, I, he's a great person. I'm so I, I'm you know no matter what happens this year or the next few years, no one can take away that we had Mike Scott on our team, and what and what, what beautiful memories we've all created. My biggest thing though right now is just the emergence we talked about a little bit earlier of Josh Richardson. He has been just dynamic these past couple games and he's kind of put the team on his back to to really carry them when guys like him beat uh in that toronto game when ben simmons in the heat game didn't really put up points josh richardson has been doing everything these past two games and i think this is the jay rich that the sixers front office really thought they were trading for 
and he's starting to shine and it's a it's a really awesome thing to see especially with the way that we've talked about this offense and how they don't have shooters he's really come on and you know provided a a spark of offenses this team has really needed yeah i mean this is also your guy coming into the the season you said he'd uh get probably the most the most post game bells which I think he might be leading the list right now. I, I can't say that I've thing. been keeping like a, a great count of it, but I feel like at least two he's had, at least two, so and deservedly so. But yeah, he's been he's been good these last few games. It's not that he wasn't good to start the season. He's mm-hmm. definitely not shooting the ball like we expected, but I think we also expected that that was going to turn around at some point, that he wasn't going to be shooting the way he was. Uh, it all even out, and now he's on a little bit more of a hot streak than you'd expect him to realistically be on. But, you know, it, through the course of the year, we'll, we'll get some, you know, probably performances as great as this, and we'll get some more of the average performances from him, and that's... Uh, that's good, right? Like we, like I said, we. I don't think this team really wins a championship if we don't see this type of Josh Richardson. He doesn't need to be scoring thirty every night, but um, as far as someone that's going to be able to hit, you know, five of nine from three, you know, like four of seven, like th- those are the types of numbers that we're going to need. And he's not really quite a JJ replacement because no one really is. He's not that kind of sharpshooter, but he does bring other parts of the game that JJ just didn't have, and. We've seen a lot of that already this year. It's just the shooting hasn't quite been there. But last few games, you have to say, he's brought all-around game. And I know people, like, picked on Ben for not having the points or whatever. It was a blowout, you know. Yeah. Like, And, yeah, you know, he picks up some of Embiid's. Like, keeps us in the game against Toronto, really. You know, like, and I, I do feel like when Embiid wasn't hitting well last year, obviously we had Butler to count on. And now it, it feels like this year you're going to be able to lean on Josh a little bit more. You can lean on Horford as well. It kind of depends on the game situation, of course, and, and who you're matched up with. But, yeah, it's the more options you can have, the, the more people you can depend on, the better for it. And I think Josh has been he's been really good to start the year, to be honest. And we're starting to see a little more of that like offensive promise that we were hoping for. And, Dylan, I know you claimed Jay Rich along with me preseason. <laughs> yeah. So how are you feeling about your, uh, your investment? I mean, so well, recently it's good. I mean, I don't know. I, I think everyone had their their doubts. Well, not everybody, Kyle. <laughs> but most people did, and I think he's proving to be a valuable asset to the team. Um, like Matt was saying, not to harp on it, I think he brings more than, you know, just what uh, JJ and a couple others, you know, we had last year. I don't know. The Sixers, it's still interesting because you got to think half the guys, not half the guys, but a decent guys on the roster are either new, like via additions this year, via free agency or trades, or they're guys who got traded last year and still didn't play it, like, haven't played a full season yet, you know? Like, has Toby played a full season on the Sixers yet, collectively? No, no yeah. he, came in, he came in February. Yeah, that's my point. You know, like, like a good portion of the roster is just mixed together. So I think as the season goes on, better things will come. Absolutely. For sure. And Jay Rich apparently still doing it tonight as uh, the Sixers already tweeted out a highlight video. Shout out to the Sixers as well at the tailgate. They brought out uh, some of the, the throwback hats, the uh, Severity Sixers uh, logo hats hey. and a bunch of shirts as well. Delivered some uh, tomato pies to everybody oh. in an official vehicle. So Sixers really came out and... Uh, supported everything too so it was really awesome to see but that's awesome right now they are currently leading 13 to 7 against the uh the old kings and the bucket just kings. made makes it 15 7 so we'll keep you updated throughout the show but 
looking at this Sixers schedule right now as we uh, you know get ready for the month of December. Obviously, the Black Friday game after tonight in New York, and then you come back home uh, Saturday to take on the Pacers. But heading into December, I think the Sixers still have a, a strong chance to continue to pile on big wins and really pad you know their record to get further up in this Eastern Conference. Yeah, so you got Pacers, pretty middling team, not that great. Jazz, another chance to kind of uh, get one over on them. Wizards, top offense in the league right now, which is ludicrous, but that's a fun matchup. Cavs, get another crack at the Raptors, which is maybe good for the psyche of this team. That's where the schedule turns. You got then the Nuggets, the Celtics, Pelicans, you know, Nets, <laughs> Heat, Mavs, Wizards again. Like, that's a little bit of a tough stretch, you know, but... Um, yeah, I think it's it's going to be an interesting next you know week or so just because you, you do have, I think, very winnable games in there. Um, you know, I think tonight should be you know a win against the Kings. You should absolutely be beating the Knicks. I think you should definitely be beating the Pacers. Jazz, I, th- I think you should expect to beat the Jazz at Especially home. Especially at home. I feel, I feel confident in saying that. I feel like we don't win in Washington very much, even when they've like sucked last year. I feel like it was even like a, a struggle at times. I don't know. It's a, that's a weird game. So, yeah, it, this time of year, it really is about just building momentum and, and you know padding your win column, which I think we say a lot. But I, it like I've said a thousand times, it's just so hard to like care too much about the regular season. And yes, like I obviously want the Sixers to win every time they play. Like that's you know not <laughs> what I'm saying, but it's just. Even when you lose to Toronto and it sucks and you watch Embiid just suck, it's like, eh, well, whatever. <laughs> like I, you know, like if it's not May, I just don't care about the Sixers losing all that much. As long as no one's like catastrophically injured or there's not like, you know, Ben and Joel just punch each other in the face and got it. Like, like outside of the absolute extreme possibilities, it's just very hard for me to get like emotional about the Sixers especially in November like we're not even in December yet and like the The state has fallen about three times the state of some of the people is like I don't know how you live a normal life if like it's rough it's it's rough to say (laughs) so I don't know like we've learned so often time and time again that the regular season just does not matter in the NBA it just just doesn't obviously home court advantage can play a role but it's all about May and June. It just is. And this Sixers team is built for that. They're not built to be a 70 win team. They're not going to it's not always going to be beautiful basketball. Like this team is meant to absolutely demolish and grind teams out in seven game series. And I have faith that that's what they'll do. So, yeah. Obviously wins count, wins help, but I don't know. I'm not uh, I'm not stressed right now about the Sixers situation. I think they're right about where I think we all kind of expect them to be. I think one situation a lot of us are stressed out about is uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Because, uh, they drop- Who? Who's that? <laughs> Who are those guys? They uh, they dropped the Seahawks on Sunday, um, and then they they wind up cutting another guy who played a majority of the snaps, which I believe is the fifth time that's happened this season. Jordan Matthews is gone. Makes no sense. Don't know why they didn't call Greg Ward up earlier. It's like that Simpsons gif where like the their granddad walks in the door <laughs> and, and takes his hat off and right back out. Um, oh man! But they do have a potential get-right game on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. Potential. Yeah, I like how you put that potential in there because the well, current state words, of the, the current. State I just of took the team. a flyer on the Eagles defense in fantasy, and this is a big weekend in fantasy, so it yeah, is. Uh, it better not be. <laughs> <laughs> better not get my. I mean, 
the Eagles should still win, but in all fairness, the Dolphins have scored several touchdowns each of their past couple games. So, and that tells you so much about this day that they have scored several touchdowns. They no, have done it. No, I'm. They did this. Did you know the Dolphins have over seventy yards of total offense the entire well, season? You're streaming them for. Their, Defense, I know, yeah, yeah. And they scored 17, I believe, this week against the Browns, or last week, whenever it was. So. Oh, that's also because the Browns are wildly undisciplined. Like, that's wildly. True. That's I think, true. I think, I don't know this, but I, I'm just saying it with the full confidence of a white Republican. They have the most fouls in any human history of any <laughs> professional sport ever. That team is so bad. They're like, what's that prison mo- longest yard? They're like... <laughs> It's like these guys are all on bids, and they're just like, they get bored, and they just want to punch people and jump off sides. Like, Jesus Christ. How is Freddie Kitchens a head coach? How does this happen? No sense. How do these people get these jobs? How do people constantly fall upwards into these situations? I don't understand. The Browns are such a joke. Oh, my God. They're horrendous. And that's uh, that's because you let 70 points up to the, the Dolphins. Oh my god. They're a joke. It's like getting impregnated by a chemically castrated person. Like, <laughs> no one's even mad at you. It's just like, I'm impressed at your ability to just exploit the laws of nature. Unbelievable. Yes, but the Eagles should win uh, this upcoming game. You say playing. that, but I mean, what's the point? Me, I, here's my hot take Tank. Just tank. What's the point? We, there's nothing worse than an 8 8 season, which is exactly where the Eagles are headed. And you know what, too? They're going to win this week, and they're going to beat the Cowboys so everyone has hope, and then lose the Redskins and Giants. And so I'm telling you, this, there's the script for you. That's how the, that's how this season going to one, one kick in the balls right on the way out. Enjoy I mean, your new year, you idiots. See you next season with all your hope, you I mean, dummies. I'm not going to be as, as negative as that, but I, I kind of agree at the same token because I feel like they might squeeze in the playoffs, but what's, what's the point? Because they're going to get bounced in the first round. There's no squeezing in the playoffs either. They have to win well, out. They to win, win, out. The, win the yeah, they win the division. I mean, the Cowboys also have to lose. It's which I mean, I don't know. I, uh, you can make the case they should have beat the Patriots. Some suspect. The calls. only reason it's possible is because our division, Cowboys, Stinks. Eagles. Yeah, we're all we're all bad. <laughs> all, all four teams are bad. The NFC is always like this though. Every year it's like all this. Time. It's it's always like it's always two teams, and it's always ugly. It's yep. always, it's like it's never it's never a breeze. The only year it was a breeze was the Super Bowl year. Yep. It was like we were just so far and away the best team. But I uh, that was without a doubt. I didn't even watch the full game. I'm a red zone man. Uh, one like of the one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen from a Philadelphia sports team. <laughs> it was absolutely horrendous. Tipping plays. It hurt. Uh, it hurt my eyes to watch. The wide receivers have no idea what they're doing. No. It was, um, I had to mute, I had to mute Carson Wentz on my timeline. Because oh not only was I sick of the people blaming Carson Wentz, I was sick of the people saying, don't blame Carson. It was just everyone talking about the Eagles game. I was like, I'm over this. <laughs> just <laughs> absolutely over this. I was getting just live tweets of how much people hated Carson Wentz, which I never knew all the hate. It's quite, quite a few people that hate him, apparently. I didn't know this. I thought, you know, like everyone kind of understands that, you know, like they literally pulled like, People like uh, out of the stands to play wide receiver yep. this week. Like I, what, what more do you want? I don't know. It's literally a turnstile that he's had to deal with on this entire offense, and you wonder why his confidence is probably at an all-time low. It doesn't help when the fans are calling for his head every yeah, single game. You know, it, it doesn't help <laughs> that he's got a different wide receiver every single week of this season that he's played. 
But, you know, his confidence and, and morale should be yeah. 110%. I mean, it's definitely – it's it's both ways. Like, I mean, he's my quarterback, and I do think he's the best thing for the team. Like, I, I would not want to get rid of him at all. No, we should bring in Nate Sudfield. That was a real tweet just, I saw. Just yeah, remember, sorry, real I, tweet I saw a tweet like that too. Real just, tweet. Just remember, Josh we, we, we well. traded – the pick that became Lamar Jackson. <clears throat> when oh my God! That is the like, Eagles just won the Super Bowl. That is my least favorite argument in all of sports is it's draft so revisionism. Like, oh well, we should have picked that guy. Yeah, we should have. But guess what? We didn't because you know what? It's a lot harder to evaluate talent think- <laughs> right before every yeah. human can look at the previous draft no. and be like, well, why didn't we take him? Because yeah. we didn't value that position. What do you mean? And it's I not think like that only Carson stands. Wentz and the Super Bowl MVP on the roster <laughs> yeah. in 2018. I think that kind of like the, the, the hindsight of that only only like really stands true to me if it's like, let's say let's say your team's picking first overall and I pick second and then we both botch it or one of us botches it, then you definitely you argue. You can have that discussion. You can definitely argue, hey, you, you ruined the first overall pick or second overall pick. But if it's like pick 15 and pick 30 in the first round, there's 15 other people that are picking in between, in positions. Like, no, who cares? Like, like the Kings should get rightfully slammed for not picking Doncic. Like, mm-hmm. fair enough. Yes. Like, you can, you can rail them as much as you'd like over that. But like, this is nonsense. Like, and I even see it from Patriots fans complaining that they also pass on Lamar Jackson. It's like you, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> of course you're not going to draft. You just traded Jimmy Garoppolo away. Like, of course you're not going to draft a quarterback. Like, it's just it's just nonsense. It's nonsense talk. And yeah, it's and the same people that say that we don't draft well. They couldn't even name last year's draft. Yep. Like, it's just like. Get over yourselves. Like, come on. Like, I'm not even an Eagles fan, and it just exhausts me. Just reading yeah. this filth, it's just disgusting. Like, oh, my God. Have a little faith. Hey, like, yep. Listen, the season's lost. I'm just being honest. But, like, just just the idea about, like, oh, Carson Wentz stinks. Why do we draft Lamar Jackson? Yeah, why didn't you draft Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and yeah. you've done two quarterbacks? Like, why didn't you do that? Oh, well, why not? Tell me why. Tell me why I didn't do Why didn't you do that? Take it. <laughs> Cause, cause you didn't know. <laughs> cause, you don't know. Cause drafting is hard. And you're I also don't know. you're also not gonna draft. Like, let's say, even if Carson like wasn't what we wanted, but he definitely is. You're not gonna like roll the dice on a quarterback who's not rated even the first quarterback in this class when you already have a guy on your roster. Like, it doesn't make sense. And it's not like Carson. Wh- you bad. Could, no, you can make bad. the Patriots case where it's like, okay, Tom Brady's oh, aging. Right. Lamar Jackson might be a no, great Carson's replacement. Young, he's right? Thirty. Carson Wentz is like. 26, 25. You just extended yeah. him. What do you mean? Like, what? Yeah, you're not gonna of course dr- you're not, not going to pick draft. another quarterback. Oh, there would be there's those same people, those same exact people would be like, why Why did we pick a quarterback? We don't need a quarterback. We need, we need a wide receiver. We need a lineman. Those same people were saying <laughs> that when we drafted Clayton Thorson, granted he's not on the roster now, but people were like, why are we drafting a quarterback right now in the fifth round? Like, this is stupid. It's, it's a waste of a pick. And sure, it was a waste because Clayton Thorson stunk, but those are the same people that are saying, we traded the 32nd overall pick in the 2018 nah, draft. Yeah. Those same people wanted Darius Guys, by the way. So. Yep. Yeah. He's played, like, what, eight games because he yeah. keeps tearing his ACL every Ridiculous. year? Ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know. Now, it's just uh, uh, Another former quarterback that played for the Eagles is also saying uh, some slanderous things about Carson Wentz, saying that he's going to fail in the city of Philadelphia. That is one Michael Vick. Uh, uh, he said that the, Michael Vick. <laughs> Yikes. the bar was set too high due to Nick Foles and hmm. just the, the pressure that is going to be on Carson Wentz. 
he's going to fail. I didn't see that. I like, can play the clip for I you. I didn't read it. So it, it it sounds like from what you're describing, like he's not per se like slandering him, more or less like Nick Foles did really well, and it's going to hard to live up to that kind of it's thing. It's not a talking head take. Yeah, it's, it's, a, not, it's not like a he sucks, he's trash kind of I don't, thing. I don't disagree with Michael Vick. I think you already see it this season. I think you even saw it last season where people were, were talking about Wentz, and you've yeah. seen it with the players where they're weird, like, hey, Arnold shrines to Nick Foles is really uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> I don't think Michael Vick's wrong. But the question here is, and I, I believe the burner account, I believe Nelson Aguilar. Carson Wentz Aguilar. fail in Philadelphia. Woo! Man, we summing this up, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say he would fail, and I'm going to tell you why. One in the last two years, uh, you played 11 games last year, five and six. This year, week 11, five and six. It's not a winning record. Two, football is a great game of skill, but a greater game of will. By the very (laughs) nature, essence of the game, you are trying to move people against their own will. And then the people who are supposed to help you are not trying to help you as much as possible, as fully as possible. Teammates not pulling in the same direction as you. Case in point. Is that the player's job to do? Is that the coach's job? And the team looks completely different in complexion. Is that the coach's job? That's because football is militaristic. Key elements of football, trust and communication. To the point where we don't even have to say anything and we know what's up. Nonverbal communication. He doesn't have that. So what's going to end up occurring, because all these stories find a convenient place to land somehow, some way, with Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles. They're going to erode whatever talent, whatever numbers you put There's up. There's no talent Because guys are not pulling in the same There's direction. No so ultimately, if you gun the head, say, what do I think? I think this situation is not going to go as advertised. Marcella, some have to agree with what you just said. And in a sense of, you know, he will fail in, in, in Philadelphia. I think, you know, just the bar has been set so high, you know, by Nick Foles. And regardless of when he came in, you know, he did what he did. They won the Super Bowl. Now, you know, it's a ceiling that's, that's been set. And uh, along with Carson Wentz's character, which sometimes has been questioned, you know, by his, team, by his teammates, you know, and, and the public, you know, it just makes it difficult for him. So I think he's just fighting an uphill battle continuously, week in and week out, to win, to be a good teammate. You know, it's, it's a lot. You know, that, that, that takes a lot on you. To, it takes a lot from you to be able to handle that responsibility you know, on top of that, man, you, you got a, a guy who is probably going to go down as one of the greats of all time in Philadelphia history and Nick Foles, and you got to chase that. That's difficult. So he's, uh, Marcellus nah. Wiley and Michael Vick. He's not wrong when he says that the bar was set high. I agree. And he's not wrong when he says that we've, we, everyone wanted to, like, plug their ears like when like there was all those stories about Carson Wentz and how people in the locker room maybe didn't like him as much and didn't see him as a leader or whatever and it was like oh it's not true this is this is vitriolic I can't believe you would say that about my quarterback Carson Wentz yeah now they want to throw him now they want to throw him out the window um I don't know like personally personally I I I think it's I think it's all doomed to fail because you have a lot of very uh how do I put this? Uh, selfish and very privileged players that are past it and over the hill. This is my non. This is my objective view. I'm not an Eagles fan. I agree. This is, with this you. is the way I see it. You have a like a very core group 
of veteran players They're old. that still cling to the Super Bowl, and when they were called out for it by a former player, responded by talking about how he's upset because he didn't get a ring, which is like <laughs> the stupidest response you could give to something like that. And I think can't get over the fact that Nick Foles isn't around for whatever reason, even though I don't think Carson Wentz is any kind of drop-off from Nick Foles, and I think you could argue yeah. he's better in, in areas of his game. And I think yeah, quite a few. And I think that it's a toxic situation. And what worries me is that Doug Peterson was supposed to be this like great mediator. He's supposed to be Mr. Ice Cream. He's supposed to make these problems go away yeah. and like create a good not locker this room year, situation. That's for sure. Not this year. And not even last year, you'd say. Because like a lot of this started last season, you know, post Super Bowl, which like it's not uncommon to see teams like struggle like after that season of like tons of teams do, right? But I just um it's it's a situation that I don't see changing, and I, I think the biggest issue is that there really isn't talent on this roster on the offensive side. Like, there's still defensive weapons. I think Carson is still good. I like Miles Sanders. I like Jordan Howard. Well, tight ends he, are good. Tight ends are good. Like, I think you have probably a top five tight end like situation in the league, maybe even higher. Mm-hmm. But like, you're not you're not winning a Super Bowl with just like two no, great tight ends. Like, quarterback especially and tight ends. No, not especially win. with how absolutely just dog food your wide receivers are like these i think this is these are the worst wide receivers in the entire like i think that this is going to be the first week that the dolphins have a better wide receiver core than any team they've played. They at least have a number one i i genuinely I'd rather have the dolphins receivers i the the rookie who I'd tore, have matt moore in wide receiver <laughs> the rookie who tore his uh acl for them preston williams he was tearing mm-hmm. it up it's I'd much rather have him than bad. anybody in the roster they still have uh Devonta Parker, who's yeah. balling out with Ryan he Fitzpatrick, would, he would have like seventeen hundred yards on the Eagles. Yeah, <laughs> easy. I think, no, that's right. He wouldn't get used. Yeah, right. no, you're right. I don't know. I think the Eagles have to do um, similar to what Seattle did and kind of back yep. Russell Wilson and any detractor, anybody, any of the older guys, any young guys, any personnel, like any any coaches, whatever, who don't. Like, get behind Carson Wentz has to go. Because the team, like Matt said, there are a lot of older guys on the roster. And me and Kyle talk about it, too. Like, a, a good portion of the team is old. Like, it's scary old. Like, you you have to draft well, and you also have to make, you know, good acquisitions via trade and free agency. But you can't afford to keep those guys that are clinging to, to the past in, in the roster, let alone when they're clinging and they're older and they're dragging down the team. And the wide receivers, the, like, the receivers, I can't even, like, put in words. Like, they're just so bad. I Honestly, you could take all the receivers and like erase them, and I wouldn't care. That's how bad it is. Hey, you bring up the Seahawks. I actually think that's a great comparison because well, the, Russell carries the team. That's why my point. Yeah, but I, I think that's a great comparison because at the end of their kind of like big reign, like their for the Legion of Boom and everything, you had kind of similar mm-hmm. issues, and it was guys on the defensive end that were getting older, that weren't at their limits, that couldn't really grip with the fact that they weren't as like good as they used to be which yeah. is like that's normal right like obviously it happens, like, yeah. part of life but um and it caused a lot of issues within the team and what did they had to do they axed a lot of those guys out they they left they got traded they didn't they renew retired. contracts they retired yeah. like it took two seasons to kind of rebuild into a team that you're seeing now where it's like oh yeah by the way russell wilson's great and he's yeah, like an mvp candidate like, they aren't really we're, even a full team yet like honestly their defense isn't anything special it's yeah. just their offense is able to establish points and it's because of russell wilson yeah and you know we've i think we've loved to compare the phillies in mm-hmm. multiple philly this is like the phillies year like so much like deshaun jackson is like david robertson like this guy that's like oh wow like 
He's not great, but he's exactly what we need, and he's gonna fill Boom. in hurt. <laughs> Played one, plays one game the entire Boom. year. Boom, done. <laughs> and they holy, Dave Robertson, his like worst performance against the Nationals. Deshaun Jackson, <laughs> last time we saw him, Redskins. There's something about DC, man. Oh, it's man. that swamp. I tell you. Alshon <laughs> Jeffries missed like half the season this year too. It's, it's just such a crappy situation. It's so weird. And it is literally 2016 with 2018's injuries. Yeah, and I think too, you know. The hope is, is that you draft well this this summer. Because again, I'm operating under the assumption that the Eagles are not going to win out. And even if they win out, like, good, good they luck. They still can miss the playoffs anyway. Good, good luck in the Probably first. Probably see draft. Seattle again. Yeah, have fun getting torched in Seattle this time. At least you get like a nice West Coast trip. Out yeah, there. maybe leave some of the players and the, well, the coaches in. Seattle will come back here, but they'd still wipe the floor with us because. Oh, and, oh that's right. Yeah. I guarantee you, if the Eagles somehow, like Matt's saying, like if they were to win out and play Seattle again, the, the score would be not <laughs> nowhere close. <laughs> they would blow us out. And I can assure you Metcalf and uh, Chris Carson would both play better, and, and the score would be a lot higher. My, my thing is everybody on, on the old Twitter wants to say that the Mike Grow, you know, fire Mike Grow takes are overblown. And my What does Mike Grow do for this team? Sure, Doug calls the plays and everything, but... What does Mike Grove do? He doesn't make this team better. No. He he does nothing that is visible to anybody. So what is the point of keeping him around no, if he's not if making gonna, this like, offense better? Yeah, they're going to clearly have to address... Tie him to a tree. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I, I like this idea. But no, they're, they're going to... Time to... <laughs> anything. Anything. They're going to have to erase Time a to large portion. Time to ticket to get him out of town. <laughs> ticket. Time to the... Uh, no, it, of the it makes sense, though, because even if he was... Decent, like unless he was one of the best OCs in the game, which he, which he's not. Um, you're gonna bring in via draft, free agency, a lot of new faces for the offense. So you might as well bring in a new coach because the offense isn't working now. Hold on, Franklin's being shot by a slingshot. Oh my across god! The court right now. <laughs> I need to know how this ends because I'm alarmed but intrigued. Okay, not as cool. Uh, they're just bowling with him. Keep going. He's almost. And he missed. Jim scooters. He only hit like two. Uh, other Eagles news, though. I want though. to see Franklin fly through the sky. <laughs> like Gritty from the top of... Uh, that was amazing in person. I will never forget that. That was insane. But uh, one thing I do have to mention is shout out to Brandon Brooks. He's yeah. an absolute freaking legend, man. And, you know, people are going to comment on everything that was going on and not really understand it. He is an absolute definition of a warrior. He's having a great season. He... Obviously, all of us know if you're an Eagles fan, he deals with anxiety. Had to leave the game on Sunday due to his anxiety. And uh, for him to be able to just come out and and address everything and be confident in himself about addressing it, looks like he's going to play on Sunday. Brandon Brooks is one of my favorite humans on this planet. I didn't mean to laugh at that part. It's just Serena Winnes is doing an interview, and over her shoulder, they're shooting human beings across the floor. It's like a bowling. She's trying to like present like Joella beats like first quarter highlights, and Franklin's just being shot across the court. I agree though with uh, what Kyle was saying. Yeah, I mean, you know, like that's the thing is like. It's hard to even get down on the team because there's still some good characters. I know that I think we've been maybe a little negative, you know, uh, in these last ten minutes. But rightfully it, so. Yeah, no, not. Yeah. But you know, there are still obviously some some good eggs in there, and I don't think everyone's anyone's like 
yeah. necessarily malicious. Like Jordan I Howard's my good egg. Please resign him. Yeah, Thank but I, I just think again, like this Eagle season, it's it's like the flyer seasons of years past, where it's like, oh, please don't mention him. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, gotta. Uh, <laughs> it's like, what are we doing here? Like, do like, what is the point of? Just barely making the playoffs, or just barely missing the playoffs. There like, is no point. It's what's the point of it being? It just hurts. As I, mean, I say, that Blue Jackets scored. The the best I, they they scored again earlier, so I think it's two nothing. It's two one. Two one. Yeah. Oh, who scored for the Flyers? Uh, Pitlick. Oh, yay! <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> that means they keep playing. No, I mean I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully things uh, turn around for the Eagles. If not the rest of this year, then obviously next year. God draft well. It's a good thing we get, it it's a good thing we gave up those seven first rounders for Jalen Ramsey. That would have solved all our problems. Getting, getting held yeah, back Rams, by uh, uh, yeah, Rams you know, personnel. You know what's holding this team back right now is uh, defensive potential. Certainly don't need to be looking at wide receivers this year <laughs> in one of the deepest wide receiver drafts of human history. Sure, sure, I'm glad we gave up all of our first round picks for the next decade to get. See. To get one, one good defensive that they still play. have to pay. Like they try to like certain people try to beat that narrative in that like you need a defense to succeed, and to an extent you do, but at the same time you don't because we talked about them earlier, and it's kind of weird. But once again, look at Seattle; their defense is not that great, and they're one of the best teams. So, I mean, and then on, on the flip side of things, you have teams like the Niners where their quarterback's not that great, but their defense is good this year. So I, I guess it works for different teams, but Matt's definitely right. Ramsey would have not helped at all. No. <laughs> What's not even that? What's, he, can't, he can't score Everyone's and block. complaining about the Eagles' defense. What changed? We didn't, we didn't draft anyone. Which got, got someone back healthy. Yeah, yeah. I guess it helped the and, locker room. And all of a sudden, we're holding the Seahawks to 17 points. Mm-hmm. And our only touchdown comes off a defensive one. And we held the Patriots to 17 points the game before that as well. So, like, what's changed? Did I? Did I? Did we sign the Jalen Ramsey? And I just didn't notice what happened. No. Oh, that's weird. Almost like you know, eh, almost <laughs> like there's a plan. But there's some good uh, free agents for wide receiver this off season. There's good yeah. everything for wide receivers, and that's that's the thing is like, it, it's just uh, to me, I I like go back and forth for like people say the Eagles don't draft well, and it's like okay, like point to something that actually says that. Because the mm-hmm. Eagles, since Carson Wentz, have not been a, even in a position where it's like, I think you can be super critical of, of drafting, right? Like, obviously, with hindsight, you can always say, like, these guys should go, or, like, what positions are you valuing? And I think the Eagles maybe have been bad at value, valuing positions in draft. Like, we love Dallas Goddard. We love having, like, the dual-threat tight ends that we have right now. Did we really need a tight end in the first round? No, we didn't. Like, and it's very obvious now. And again, when you make that, like, Phillies comparison, it's sort of the same negligence going into the season with the wide receiver depth that it was. Deshaun Jackson is, at his best, an above-average wide receiver. He just is. He's a great deep threat. He's electric. We love him. But if we're just being totally honest, he's like a five-touchdown-a-year guy. Like, he's just, he's just, he's just not any, he's not... Julio Jones, like he's not a volume guy. He's solely a deep threat guy that gives you a little more dynamic. Who's over the hill in his and, career? And you're <laughs> next up is Alshon Jeffrey, who has not looked good since the Super Bowl year. Like every year he has declined. Which again, there's nothing like something against him personally. Like he's just aging. Super but injured too. He, like like he, it just it, it to me it was. And then you go beyond that, and I don't even know where you start. I don't, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, that's good. That's the only noble names, and really. And <laughs> for the receivers. It, it's, it, to me, it was negligent coming into the year with, with that being your options when you could have addressed them. I don't know. I, I think, you know, the, the Aguilar stuff is like, 
how on like the earth he is still on this team. It's kind of crazy to me that Jordan Matthews is like constantly getting roped in and cut by this team, but Nelson Aguilar is just somehow making nine point like, four million. Just Andy Dufraning it through the pile of poop, like <sighs> all the way. I don't get it. Uh, he'll be gone after this year, though. Yeah, that's what we say. No, I, I, our I luck. He'll, get a, he gets, he'll get a four-year extension before he gets Jake Elliott money. But uh, yikes! Shout out to Brandon Brooks though, because he's an absolute warrior, and uh, the entire Eagles fan base, I think NFL fan base, is behind Brandon Brooks uh, as he battles his anxiety issues, and uh, hopefully he's back out on the field on Sunday. Yeah, along we, with Lane Johnson. Him. But uh, Phillies made a minor move. Signed Josh Harrison to a minor league deal. Moving the needle, baby. Moving the uh, needle. Josh Harris's son, actually. I think this is a, uh, a cross. <laughs> Josh Harris's yeah. son. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. I'm I'm cool with it. I think he's that super utility infielder, especially with the rule changes that are coming where you're going to have 26 guys on the roster all year. Potentially, this gives me hope that Scott Kingry is going to have a set position on this team next year. I would like and that. And Josh Harrison can kind of be your utility infielder No, I think we should bench. Uh, with one of our best young prospects. We just keep throwing him wherever. That's that's best for player development, right? This is where they don't know a position to play in the next night. Yeah, every game is an, <laughs> every random. Game. That's a great way to build confidence is constantly throw you in new situations you're not fully comfortable with. Oh, yeah, like Carson wins. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's been really the only Phillies update we've gotten. Every other team signed a bunch of players. Hopefully Any that day now. Uh, wakes up and uh, does some Black Friday shopping. Sign a big name, please. And goes Do and I gets, have some uh, bad news? <laughs> please don't. Goes and gets somebody. <laughs> please but, don't. Uh, Flyers, one thing I got to give the Flyers a, a big hat tip to is uh, everything they did for Zach Stewart. Yeah, it was uh, cool. Very awesome stuff. Sam, former writer for uh, our friends at the Daily Puck before they had to disband, and um, she writes for Philly Sports Network now, as well as the Pigeon Coop. She contributes for them, and uh, her brother's battling cancer, and uh, the Flyers did an awesome thing. Zach got to hang out with the team, and then he was uh, the honorary captain coach last night for the game as well. And uh, really awesome stuff there with uh, with Zach, and you know we wish him the best as he's you know continuing to uh, you know fight through cancer. And uh, shout out to the Flyers for everything they did for Zach. Yeah, it was it was very uh, very touching. I was very happy to be a fan of that organization. Um, but at least they get that stuff. I, I was just gonna say I'm glad they can do that right, but that that's, seems to be the only thing that they do right. How do we feel about some of these young guns coming up, Dylan? It's been a while since well, you've been on the show. And, I think uh, my biggest takeaway from the Flyers is that you mentioned the young guns, and it's really important that you did because they are the Flyers right now. Like, honestly, a lot of the young players, Travis, um, Oscar, um, Provorov again. What? What are you laughing at? Is there a gif on the... All right, whatever. Anyway, the, the younger players are carrying the roster, um, and I think the older guys, the, the, the vets, are struggling uh, outside of Drew and Niskanen. Braun's okay, and Elliot's. But my, my point is... Borchek's got that swagger back. Yeah, he, recently he does. But the point is, and that's good, because if they can elevate their play and the young guys can keep playing, you're going to see a, a, probably a good hockey team for once in the past uh, how many years it's been. Yeah, I know. But the point is, the reason they're so inconsistent... I feel is when you have a bunch of young players who are in their first, second year carrying a team and not the older guys, with young players across any sport we just mentioned, they're going to have ups and downs. So if you have five, six, seven young guys across different positions carrying your team, some nights are going to look like shit because you have 20-year-olds carrying your team. 
when the 30-year-olds who are paid to score goals and contribute are sitting there in the third and fourth line not scoring and the young guys are in line 1-2 not having a good game as well, it's no secret you're going to suck that game. And, you know, with that, I will say uh, Carter Hart has looked better recently. Um, I will say his rebound control looks really bad this year. It's something that scares me. But he is, once again, still super young. So you kind of live and die by the young guns this year, which is good for the future, but just scares me looking at it from a longevity cap-wise uh, like of players like Voracek and JVR who are signed for the next four and, four and five years apiece. And I didn't mention one person's name because I don't feel like saying it. He's, he's here for another seven years. Yeah. I don't like him. How do you feel about Morgan Frost? Morgan Frost looked really good his first two games. Um, well, first three games. I think he's played four games now, actually. I was working the one game. But, um, no, he looks good. He kind of skates similar to Drew in, in a sense, or, or I can see some of the same um, playmaking ability. But Morgan has demonstrated at least so far that he's not afraid to shoot as well, which is good. Some young players are kind of afraid, you know, they want to pass first or vice versa. No, uh, Frost looks good. I, I think he's everything as advertised so far. I mean, what more can you want from a player to have three points in four games? Um, he's playing with Claude Giroux, too, so that's probably that's the best case scenario for a rookie, right? For sure. I think Morgan Frost is going to be a big piece of this team moving forward. Yeah, I love and, the number. Uh, it gives me some nostalgia. He's got an incredible hockey name, so never, incredible a, doubt, hockey name. never a doubt that he was going to be uh, number. successful. The previous uh, wearer of that number was also small and often underrated, but scored goals, so hopefully that carries over. Um, hopefully Morgan's going to get bought out, though, like Danny Breer, but... <laughs> No, it's good. We'll yeah. see. I miss Dan Abreuer. I miss him a lot, and too. his mono eyes. His <laughs> mono eyes. <laughs> he uh, never got enough sleep, that guy. He's out partying, dude. He's carrying yeah. the team. It wasn't him. It wasn't him with the... Uh, what, partying? <laughs> with the bam, bam in the locker room. <laughs> no, that was uh, Carter and Richard. <laughs> Those boys had fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way of saying it. <laughs> now, uh, you can't spell fun without cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow is... Uh, Thanksgiving. When you guys are listening to this, potentially it is Thanksgiving. I have it. You know, does every, not feel like it. It does. Thanksgiving gets later every year. I saw the uh, Cyber Monday is December first. Yeah, I thought that weird. was like a mistake. I was like, that can't be right. Yeah, and it's true somehow. Now everybody's talking about you know their favorite Thanksgiving dishes and everything. I thought of a, a fun little thing. If you could add one dish to what would be kind of mainstay Thanksgiving food and it was it's just normally accepted what would it be uh peanut butter (laughs) (laughs) peanut butter goes great with everything i'm kidding um all right i I feel like thanksgiving i'm gonna head out (laughs) matt's peanut butter comment (laughs) you're lathering the turkey with peanut butter i have i have a i have a severe peanut butter addiction i have a serving of peanut butter every day yeah in some shape or form i have fruit and peanut butter every day so peanut butter is good all right. Anyway, what what food would you add? Because I'm so, I don't know. I, I feel, can't think of anything now. Honest, I, just, I feel like I feel like picturing peanut butter in my head. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Thanksgiving is already like it's pretty perfect. I I personally, it's not an addition, but this is a separate debate. I prefer ham to turkey. I'm not one of those people that hates turkey. I like it. It's good. Tastes good. It's good to mix in with stuff. But I like ham. To me, is like very superior. Honey baked ham. Like I don't I don't think anything touches it personally. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I'm, I like both. But I, I I enjoy that kind of one time a year 
where the turkey is like the mainstay. Yeah. It's the same with cranberry sauce. Like I love cranberry sauce, but I like outside it. of Thanksgiving, like I not really interested to be honest. So yeah, I could do cranberry sauce. I'm not good for like Easter person, or something. Like you, it, cranberry sauce is like a holiday like thing. Like That's you have fair. it at Christmas, you have it at Easter, Thanksgiving, and then it's like you don't really need it any other time of year. What would I add? I don't know. I'm trying to think. Some people I was I, I, I saw on Twitter earlier. People were debating like whether like mac and cheese is considered Thanksgiving because a lot of people have it, but a lot don't. I think it's like kind of just like your backgrounds. Yeah. Like I think mm-hmm. that's like that might be like a more southern thing. Like collard greens, I would imagine too, is yeah. like maybe in like some mm-hmm. parts of America is like a little more Thanksgivingy than like you know. I I don't know. I do know one thing. I'd eliminate stuffing. Stuffing, stuffing is, is great. Stuffing's overrated. Stuffing's amazing. Stuffing is just like brilliant salty mush. I don't no, know. Like it's so good. Man. It's so good. We have we have four different kinds in my aunt's house tomorrow. There's like vegetable one and meat. No, we one gotta find something one. we're adding. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I don't know. Rice and beans. I don't know. See, that was mine. Rice and beans is good. That, that was mine. You put turkey in there, a little bit of gravy. It does feel like carb up. overload, though. You know, it feels like you already got you got you got potatoes already you got stuffing already you might have like sweet potatoes even like just rice and like... beans was mine rice and beans that's, is that's good, all i could think of that choice. that and mac and cheese right. the only two that really pop i i think um i think i think uh chips and guac oh okay it. that'd be it that's it my thanksgiving i don't think that would fit though that doesn't fit with everything that sauce too i would i would i would put in like uh sausage or ribs I feel like we need Ooh, a, we need another protein. Need another protein in in the mix. Something like I think ribs would be good because it's a little fatty, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like everyone loves you don't ribs. Have ribs all the time. You don't. Yeah, you have it in like the summer, and it's like ooh, like they're warm, they're nice. All right, like that's it. a good call. And they're, they're like a that's nice, a they're like a nice occasion. So yeah, you know, we don't we don't need all the carbs and everything. Give me some give me some nice ribs. Ribs are great. Have not had a rib in a while. Same. I think that's a great call. Yeah. Official stance of the podcast. So my ideal Thanksgiving is uh, ribs, ham, chips and guac, and peanut butter. Big pork guy. <laughs> who's uh, who's coming over. Uh, yes. Hello, Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Toast and popcorn. <laughs> hey, man. That's what they had to make do with. It was the 60s. There's not much happening. And then, obviously, we got to do the, the cliche. What, uh, what one thing in Philly sports are we thankful for this year? Mike Scott. I was Can we all agree on that? I had such a bad joke. What were you going to say? I'm not going to say it. Right. I'm not going to say it while we're recording. I'm not going to say it while we're recording. I made the half joke before we started live, so you guys can understand. It's about a certain league that is no longer around. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Um, who am I thankful for? It's definitely going to be a person. Uh, thankful for Mike Scott. Mike Scott has brought us a lot of joy I, this yeah. year. And uh, agree on that. he's like our Santa Claus. Did wish you a happy birthday at said, uh, yeah. said league game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thankful for my favorite Philadelphia sports team, the Philadelphia Soul. <laughs> oh. Yikes. Tragic. Man, it just sucks seeing like all these like alternative leagues just get dusted. Like, I, there, there has to be a smarter way. There just mm-hmm. has to be. I don't know. Especially since the AFL was going for three decades. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bummer. Rest but, in peace. Yeah, I think I think Mike Scott is a, a high quality. How do you think Bon Jovi's taking the news? Not not well, I'd imagine. I don't know. I don't even think he still owns the team. I know. Yeah, like I feel like he's still. I like, think Jaws has got to be the biggest one. That's I know. Upset. But I feel like Bon Jovi's still like. I started it. I started the craze. <laughs> I built that team. <laughs> we were living on a prayer. We were halfway oh, there, man. man. <laughs> we were halfway.
halfway there. Come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we. I think we can all agree we're all Cyber Monday people too. I might venture out on Black Friday. Yeah, I was gonna say actually, I, I think do. we're gonna go out because I go to mi- minimal stores. Like, there's a few that I'll go to. We're gonna obviously do... our friends at Dusharms. I'll be checking them out. But yeah, see, I've learned because I went last year as well, and I do want. So if you avoid electronics, honestly, it's not chaotic. Because mm-hmm. what we did, we went to the Christiana Mall in, in Delaware. No tax. Exactly. Smart. That closes at midnight, so we went there around like 10. Just shopped there for two hours casually. Then went back home to the Gloucester outlets, and I bought clothes. And I bought probably like $1,000 worth of clothes for like 250 bucks. And were there lines? I went in like five stores. There was 10 people or less. Yeah. Because who's who, who wants to buy like a flannel? This guy, but no one else. My biggest yeah. take is that stores should not be open until about 10 p.m. on yeah. Thanksgiving. If they're going to be open on Thanksgiving, don't well, open until 10 p.m. I refused to go earlier at the mall because I, I like I, I felt felt weird. Like there's some stores I've seen they're open at 4 p.m. on Thanksgiving. I mean, they, they're their Thanksgiving Black Friday sales have been online since like yeah. Sunday. It's every year. I know it sounds like. It's very boomer to be like, oh, back in my day. Okay, boomer. (laughs) But it is like it's. I remember as like a kid, like Black Friday was you woke up at four a.m. Yeah, mom did that to like go and like you had to like beat people to line out. It's like yeah, just show up like on Wednesday. War outfit. (laughs) But show up Wednesday. We got deals all week. Like whatever. It's it's it just leaks into like Mm -hmm. further and further into the week and the day. It sucks. I feel bad for the people that have to work like agreed like retail and stuff on like Black Friday and then like if you come on Thanksgiving and like. You know, you just, like, had dinner with your family, and, like, you gotta go, like, some, some schmutz yeah. can get his, like, brat of $200 you go PS4. From, like, yeah. Right, it's just kind of sucks. In a food coma from going straight to getting yelled at by the public. Yeah, like, a bunch, of, yeah, a bunch of crowds. I do agree about the electronics. I've been to Best Buy Don't. on a Black Friday. Well, I didn't even intend to, but oh, literally to my Xbox yeah. controller broke. That just happened to break on Black Friday, which, like, I guess, like... Fine, it's the day to have to go buy one. Trying to get you some money, but, but Christ alive, what a mess! <laughs> oh my goodness, it's just you know, bedlam. You know what the worst store is though? What? Take one guess. Walmart. <laughs> well, no, no, like it's it's for it sells only electronics. You know, only cell electronics. cell phones. It's a very iconic brand. Oh, uh, Verizon. Verizon or Apple. Oh yeah, uh, Apple. I've never really been in Apple stores. It's so. terrible. It's terrible. It's crowded without Black Friday, yeah. and yeah, you have to, like, you have to make an appointment. Make an appointment. <laughs> yeah, like the line was out the door and around the corner of a mall Jeez. for it. That's crazy. That's absurd. But uh, I don't even know if I can announce this, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Our uh, our Black Friday Cyber Monday deals with our friends at Design Tree. Twenty percent off. By the time everything. by the time this by is the time up, you hear this, twenty percent off everything on our storefront. During Black Friday, Cyber Monday, do it, and potentially all of next week. So, wow, twenty percent off. You can't beat that. T-shirts, hoodies, all that good stuff. We should have crew necks up very soon as well. You get all your uh, Phillies, Flyers, Sixers, Eagles, and lacrosse merch. Just go to designtree.com. It's dsgntree.com. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia. You get twenty percent off your order. It's that simple. Stock up on uh, some new clothes. Christmas right around the corner. Get those deals. Uh, but I think that's all we got for you guys. Yeah. If you celebrate Thanksgiving, have a happy Thanksgiving. We will be uh, at Millville tomorrow for Vineland Millville, which uh, I know the, the uni combo, by the time you guys hear this, you'll know it. So we're going to announce it here. A little color rush action we're going to see for Thanksgiving. It's going to be very exciting. 
looking forward to seeing those unique combos. But uh, if you're out at the game, make sure you say hello. We'll be there uh, on the sidelines in Millville. But as always, guys, show brought to you by Main Auto LLC. Ducharms Pro Foot, make sure you go check them out on Black Friday. Tell them we sent you. Uh, they got a lot of awesome deals going on. Shoes, apparel, hoodies, hats, everything, you name it, they got it. Uh, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 188. For Dylan, for Matt, I'm Kyle. We are signing off. Peace.